And now for part two of the conversation. Welcome to another episode of It's Not About You with Jamal, Marianne, and Cousin Todd. Things. Right. And they don't understand why. This is, Jamal, I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Some of y'all don't have any black friends and it shows. Make some, we need to meet some black people. People, you need to right. go and don't, and if you say you have, oh, I'm not racist, I have a black do, friend. Do I love guys, that one. Do you guys really? remember, do you guys remember when the insurrection happened, that woman was like, I got pepper sprayed. And she's like, and she, did you, you see the difference between this man and her? This man did get pepper sprayed. You see how he's having trouble breathing. For nothing, how, driving home. He's driving yeah. home. He didn't. He wasn't even speeding. It wasn't even yeah. like he was speeding or breaking any traffic laws. So explain to me why is it that this black yeah. man got pulled over, pepper sprayed, kicked in the back of the legs, threatened his life for what? He did nothing wrong. He was driving. Driving while black. Yeah, I was going to say that driving while black is is his only offense, which is not illegal. Well, well, uh, it's not, well it is Virginia. Most places, it was Virginia. It's frowned yeah. upon. It's Virginia. What do you expect? <laughs> it's frowned upon. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I've, I've been pulled over a handful of times. Uh, and I remember one time I pulled over, uh, <laughs> I was driving on a highway and there was a cop following me. Crazy. And, I, and I pull over on the left, on the left side of the highway, which is a big fat no-no. But I couldn't get over, so I said, fuck it. Uh, the guy's been following me for a minute. I pulled over the right side, and a guy comes out. He's like, you know, um, you should always pull over on the right side of the highway. I was like, yeah, but I didn't want you to think that I was evading you. And he was like, okay, well, would you mind pulling over to the left-hand side so I don't get hit by a car? And I obliged. I'm like, sure, yeah. I don't want you to get hit on my watch. You know what I'm saying? So, you know. Exactly. But- but with yeah. that being said, though, like usually when it's dark, um, yeah, I don't I don't pull over unless it's a well lit area and people can see me. You know, it's right. Because you know, it's always gonna be my word against a cop. Right. You know yeah, why the... would why why would anybody listen to me when they can listen to no matter how great this cop is or how crooked he is, he's always mm. gonna have that word over mine. Right. Well, there's there's always like the the problem with and, and I'm not the first person to say this, but the problem is systemic in in, in the police department, and it's uh, yeah there, there's a occupying force mentality rather than a public servant mentality, and so that like um, I'm right now I'm enrolled at uh, Goddard, Goddard College for an MFA in creative writing and I'm working on my thesis which is uh, which takes place in Tacoma in the 1940s and so mm-hmm. one of the things I've done is uh, quite a lot of research on the police department because it's specific about the, the, the story is a police story but it, but just the way the culture was then not that it was great then but they had certain things that I think would be good now. Uh, one of them was the cops knew the neighborhoods that they worked in and they knew the people in the neighborhoods and the people in the neighborhoods knew them. They had beats. And so you were almost never arresting anybody that you didn't know and who didn't know you. It was, it was almost always that it was somebody that, you know, officer Miller patrols Proctor district and he's going to bust you if you, you know, steal something from the Safeway. Uh, and and the fact that it was community policing that they were a part of the community rather than this this military force that just comes in right. and attacks uh, and uh, it, it's and it's bizarre the way that the, the, the uh, like like it, 
there's not just racism, there's classism, there's, there, there, there's bullies. Um, I worked for the police department for a couple of years back in 1998, 99. Uh, but, uh, I worked in police records, wasn't a cop, but, uh, but I did go on a few ride-alongs with cops and I got to know at least what those people of that time felt about, you know, doing what they did. And it was shocking to me because it like my first ride along the guy, the guy who's a nice enough guy and everything, but he was, was like, well, it's a Monday. It's probably going to be pretty boring, but we'll try to arrest somebody, make it interesting for you. And I, I'm oh, like, geez. what? Wait, I, I thought we would arrest them when they did something bad. Let's <laughs> <You know? laughs> spice it up, I mean, Jack. Not, not just so Jack can have a fun day. <laughs> <laughs> Can't have you bored now. And, and sure enough, we actually did arrest somebody about a half hour before the shift was over. Oh, jeez. And I was like, I don't know why that drug user was more important than the other one an hour before that we didn't arrest, but that was probably because it wasn't close to shift when he was going to have to drive back there anyway. So oh. <laughs> it was, yeah, don't do things around 2.30. Bad idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, do it at the beginning yeah, of the shift, um, man. It, 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 it's it's a mentality that that like the culture needs to change, and the culture needs to you change know, public service. It and you're right. I've been. How, I don't know. Have you been watching um, the trial very closely, George Floyd trial? Not real closely Anybody? because it's just a nightmare. I whenever I pay attention to it. So for me, I've been doing like the a lot of the recap on the readings of what happened the next day and. Um, I thought that the testimony by, I believe his name is Tobin, Tobin, Dr. Tobin, to me, yes, his testimony, a lot of the testimony that I've been, he's been saying things, he's been saying some things that I'm like, I'll be watching it with my coworkers, I'd be like, told you, you know, Um, as as far as how, how How he had died. Yeah, go ahead. Right. So how many people, how many people that, again, they want to believe the narrative, they want to believe that, that, you know, that, that George Floyd was a druggie and he was a crook and he was a criminal and he deserved to die. And it wasn't the cop's fault because he was on drugs and he had bad heart and that's why he died. And to that, I say, I've, I've been watching and I've, I'm listening and I'm reading all the information and this doctor's testimony, I wish I, I want to go back and see if the testimony is somewhere that I can go watch his testimony because how they said he presented the testimony, but also how he was like, a, he, he presented like a school professor talking to a class and he was looking at the jurors when he talked to them and he was explaining things and he was pointing things out and he was showing still pictures and the juries were taken, the jurors were taking notes and stuff about how they go... Basically, it was because the way he was pinned to the ground and his chest against the concrete and Siobhan's knees on his neck and his back worked like a vice against him and prevented him from being able to take a deep breath. And this doctor had 40 years in pulmonary, that's his specialty. And so a pulmonary specialist. And he testified in many, many um, criminal malpractice, in, in many malpractice claims but he's never ever this is the first time for a criminal claim and he refused to take payment for it he is not getting paid for his testimony he's doing this because he wants people to know what happened and he pointed out there's a point where he said george pushed his knuckles against and he, he showed the still picture of george's knuckles against the tire of the police car trying with his whole body to breathe where he pushed against it. He, at one point, he said, when his, he goes, see this point right here where George is like kicked back, that right there was when the brain damage happened. Oxygen, he was not getting proper oxygen to his brain and the kickback, there's already brain, he's already brain damaged. And he broke everything down. And they say, he goes, well, no, it's not fentanyl because fentanyl, if he was on drugs and that was what caused it, his respirations would have been 10 per minute. 
it would have been much slower. It would have been 10. He goes, but you can clearly see that he's doing 22 per minute. And, and it's normal is anywhere from 18 to 25. So he is breathing normally. And he said, but what's happening is, is that he was fighting with his entire body. Like when he kicked, he pushed his shoulder up off the curb. He was trying to, to be able to get a full breath all the way to the bottom of his lungs to get the, the exchange of oxygen and carbon monoxide. He didn't get that because it was the pressure on his body basically squeezed the life out of him. He goes, and then he stopped. He goes, that point right there, that's where his, he died. That's where his life ended right there. And he showed him. And then he said, and two minutes and three seconds later, they were still on his back and didn't check for a pulse and they didn't do anything. And I thought that, you know, one, I think that um, his testimony, if, if there isn't a guilty verdict based on his testimony alone, I would, I, I think that we're done for, we're lost. But the other point that I was going to say is, is that everybody kept asking, and I have an article and I'll share it with you guys. I thought it, it's, it's a, it was a brilliant article and I read it through and I thought that it was, it was so good. It was not just an article based on this, this testimony in this, this um, particular case. But I think on, on so many different things, we can, we can actually get some information from, it's called the bystander effect. And they were talking about why didn't the other cops do something? Why didn't the cops that were also on his back, why didn't they stop Derek? Well, because that's that bystander effect. Um, yeah, that's a picture of the doctor. He's amazing. Um, the bystander effect is when a bully pushes back and says, I got this. And they're that person of authority. Get back. I got this. And so everybody's like, oh, okay. And how the, these cops have never been trained how to properly say, no, you don't pull, pull Derek off of George and say, no, you don't. You're clearly not in control here. I've got this. But they don't, that is something that they have to be trained how to do that. They have to be trained on how to stand up to this bully and say, no, you clearly are not in control here. You need to step aside and we will take over. And even like the bystanders, and, and they're talking about, it's not just like the, that kind of situation, but there's so many different things where the bystanders, bystanders are not trained or given that permission to say, hey, to intervene, like you can watch somebody get hurt and, and not do anything. And then you have that survivor guilt and you're constantly going, I should have done something, I should have done something, but you weren't, you know, we we have a tendency as a society that we're going to back away from that, the most dominant personality. That's that we're a pack animal. Humans are like a pack animal. And the person who shows the most dominance is going to be the one who's going to take control. And if you have somebody who's in a, a pack animal that has that dominant trait that says, no, I've got this. I know what I'm doing. Back off. Everybody else is going to be like, they're going to be subservient to that and say, okay, okay. Even though deep inside, they know it's wrong and they know that they should do something, but they don't know what to do. They don't know how to do something. And so unfortunately they don't do anything. And then afterwards they think of all the things they should have done, but it's something that we and, and look at even 9-11. It's the same kind of thing when they were when the terrorists were taking over the planes and people were going, This is not good, this is not good. What are we and nobody stood up and it wasn't until the fourth plane that they went, Oh shit, we heard what happened on the other planes. We know we're gonna die, but we're not gonna let them take out a, a major target with them. We're going to control this. That's when they they stepped up. But it's something that so when you're saying why didn't these other officers do anything? It said that psychological effect and they haven't ever been trained. And I know it sounds, it sounds crazy, but it's not an excuse. It's just a fact that they have not been trained. And that's something that our police force, besides, besides looking at crisis intervention and, and de-escalation, which obviously didn't fucking work here because Dr. Uh, uh, Eric Chauvin had, uh, uh, Derek Chauvin had actually had 40 hours of de-escalation training in 2016. So clearly that was not, helpful only 40 hours that's yeah we should have more than that it is it is still training though ton and it's training a lot of them don't get so it's a de-escalation training on how to de-escalate and how to control the crowd and they were trying to use the fear of the crowd the crowd coming after them well if you would have got off his fucking neck boom serious crowd intervention problem solved that would have stopped it 
but they didn't do that. And he deliberately, they've already proven that he, he was obviously did not do anything he was trained to do. He did not do anything he was trained to do because if he had been trained, did what he was trained, he would never had his knee on the neck. Or if he had, it would not have been longer than 30 seconds. As soon as, as, as George was subdued, they, which was immediately, then they would have, and, and once he's handcuffed, there was, he was not a threat. They would have got off of him, rolled him to the side, that we would never be talking about this. But that's not what's happening. And we're seeing this in a lot of ways is not necessarily a bad thing because like Jack, you said that there's two officer-involved homicides in, in now, Tacoma, in just in Tacoma yeah, a year. Right. And, but the other, no, there, and I, the last thing I want to be is a cop defender here, <laughs> but no, no, um, but at, at the same time, um, every police involved shooting isn't necessarily a bad one. Um, right. There are police involved shootings in which they're shooting somebody else to stop that person from shooting them or other people. There, there are situations in which the, it, 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 it saves lives. Um, and so the other side of the, the other thing to keep in mind is, um, I think that it's important to point out successes that, that have happened. Uh, the LA County, uh, last year had a 27 year low on police killings. So, and, 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 and I think that that's great. It needs to be better, um, but I think that when we do have something like that, um, that, it, that it's important to point it out. Um, but yeah, the, the, like I said, the cop culture of escalating to deadly force almost immediately within right. seconds um, is, is it, well, we're, we're seeing the results. And the thing of it is we're, we're only getting more cameras. We're only getting more information about everything. And so we're getting these things that they, it's not like they just started happening. They've been happening for, you know, decades. And during right. all of that time, um, you know, most people weren't carrying around a video camera. So um, we, it, you know, it's, it's why we got the Rodney King was a guy happened to have a video camera. And that was right. like, one of those big things. You know, big things. Uh, but now everybody's got a camera in their pocket, and not only that, but everyone's aware of what can happen. Right. And so, like, right. like the, the and guy they start videoing right away. That 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 lieutenant, he was smart. He's recording it. He, you know, he's yeah. not relying on uh, hoping that somebody else is recording. Um, right. Because these things need to come to light. Um, there's, uh, I. I always said that like in the cops that i've known they're all either boy scouts bullies or adrenaline junkies and yeah the the bullies have overwhelmingly won in yeah. that in that but but i've met cops that are genuine boy scouts that don't want to do like there was this guy that i did a ride along with that uh at, we we got to a domestic dispute and we were there for two and a half hours because he's helping them with their finances. They were arguing about money and he sits down and talks to them. And, it, I, and we were there for two and a half hours because he's trying to help. And it, it was amazing to watch in, in comparison to the, well, we'll arrest somebody. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, yeah um, I think that there's... Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say hashtag not all cops, but um, but, but and, and, and that's true though because I've had cops in my family who were like the right. ones that you were talking about that would sit there and explain the finances, mm -hmm. you know. But I also know that I also have cops in my family who are like the bullies, and they're right. the ones who are are bullies with badges, you know. That Power they're the tripping. ones who get off on they are. And I've had interactions with cops where. You know, and it was completely and totally now in hindsight, I, I should have reported this shit because it was insane, insanely inappropriate where I had cops come because I was having trouble with a psychotic neighbor and the cop was just in the area. And then he started hitting on me and talking about, you know, wanting to put handcuffs on me and shit like that. And, you know, do you like, you know, 
I mean, shit like that is completely and totally inappropriate. And and then I found out from another neighbor that, you know, they actually, he had her in handcuffs and, you know, he was like trying to get in her pants type stuff, you know? I mean, there's things like that that are completely and totally, and that's that's the other thing that too that they have, that there's, there's, these people are human. Just because you put on a uniform doesn't make you a Superman, you know? And there's still, you need to treat them like, when we were growing up, I was always taught, and this is, again, this is the difference between, like, one of the things that I, I've learned a long time ago, the difference between how I was raised and how I raised my sons versus how my friends, other, a lot of my friends have raised their kids and how they were raised. I've never once had to tell my white sons how to behave when they got pulled over by the cops. I was always told to respect them and the cops, are, you know, I mean, they're right up there with priests, right? And I'm, my family, our family, cousin Todd and I are actual cousins and yeah. our family is straight up Irish Catholic. And yep. in, in our family, if a priest or a nun said it, or if you had a family member that was a priest or nun, my God, that was next, that were next yeah. to God and, and yeah. they could do no wrong. They could say no wrong. What? Priests rape boys? That couldn't happen. They're, they're, oh, no, that, they're that, that, that never happened. What are you talking and, about? Yeah. And so, Right. And so and police are right next to that. So yeah. as opposed to like Jamal, Romeo, a lot of my other friends, how were you guys, Jack, were you ever talked to by your parents about how to, how to behave as, as a white man when you got pulled over by the police? No, no, um, no, there, there was the re- respect their authority thing. Um, yeah. but beyond that, it was, it, it, it was, it was never a thing that, uh, like I remember, the first time I got pulled over and a cop had his gun out, it shocked me. Like I was shocked by that, that he had his gun out at all. Was like... right, but, right. Yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah. we. Yeah, we. Uh... And once, it... go ahead. Once that gun is out, once that gun is out of this holster, how much more adrenaline does that person have to go through their body? Right, a lot. Yeah, I, I someone once I asked mean, me, someone once asked me if I've ever been like put in in a jail cell. Is it? Yeah, I have. I was in Boy Scouts and we were getting a tour of the of the police station. But yes, I've been in in, in a in a jail cell, and they go, "Really? That's why you were in the jail cell?" Like, yeah. What do you think? Well, I'm, I I have anger issues, but I know better than to talk back to a cop. <laughs> you know, uh, but I once in SeaTac probably had like ten guns drawn on me by leaving the house because they were looking for somebody in the building that I was in. I just happened to go outside, cop cars in front of the, and the the freeze, and I was like, whoa. So, of course, you know, naturally my hands go up and I'm like, you know, like, they're like, you know, is there anybody with you? I'm like, I'm just leaving the house. No, it's just me by myself. What's going on? And they're like, keep your hands up. And then like they had some guy come and frisk me. And they're just, I was like, and it it looked like it was a, a warrant. They were looking for somebody. And me, I fit the description of every black criminal under the sun. So naturally, you know, I look like I, I look like a kingpin drug dealer right. walking out of his Look, walking out of his apartment, be. you know, and you know, they're like, you know, they 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 got my ID, they looked, they realized they fucked up. <laughs> they're like, nope, it's not him, but he lives in that building though. And um they Jesus. just let me they let me go. I mean, I wasn't really scared. I was kind of shocked, like, okay, like oh, man. If, you know, and there was like there was eight cop cars. You know, these guys had their weapons drawn on me. And I, the first thing that I thought was, keep your hands up, stand still, no sudden movements. You know, yep. like my, my my black guy communicating with the police training just kicked in naturally. <laughs> you know, my training just suddenly kicked I'll, in. Yeah, I think that, you know, I can't say that I've had a cop pull a gun on me, but I have had guns pulled on me before. And I'm yeah, telling I you, have, that's where you freeze. And it is very instinctually, you don't make any sudden moves. You you make yeah. sure that you try and do everything you can to to make yourself seem less threatening. And it's okay. Yeah. I mean, the thing yeah. is, from the, really moment the, the from, 
from the moment the gun is drawn, you are spent the next nine minutes narrating your next moves to the cops verbally. Yes. I am reaching yeah. for the. I am reaching into my right. glove compartment. I ignore the weed. I'm taking out my registration. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, I am handing it to Officer Walker. My hands are still on the is on the you know steering wheel. You got to narrate your life until you is, don't see them anymore. Yeah. That's fucked up. You have to do that. But I'm just that just made me think of like. What if what if you had like that auto, that that computer voice like automatically saying out loud everything that you're doing like you can have on your computer if you're you know if your if your eyesight's not great you have that automatic like you know start button left click <laughs> I'll be honest with you I have a website <laughs> I, I've actually had a thought in my head where like I'm driving one of my like a comedian and like it's me and it's like three white comedians in my car and I'm pulled over and then one of the comedians in the backseat shouts, he's got a gun! And I just get shot as a joke. You know? like, like <laughs> as that's, a joke. That, that's one of my biggest fears. Like somebody in the back, yeah. look, he's got a gun! And, and I get oh hurt, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, oh, my I, bad. <laughs> I didn't know he was going to shoot you. you know, <laughs> and, and so, I, in other words, you have to have that pre-trip training with your white comic friends. See, I and I do. I drive completely and totally different. I have a whole different mentality when I Can't have confirm. any of my POCs in the car. <laughs> because all of a sudden I become a whole lot more like, you know, kinder, gentler. I keep telling her she needs to have like she needs to have those cameras in her car like they do on reality shows and the recording people as they're driving around. That way you can see her completely losing her shit over somebody else's driving. Not hers, somebody else's. I'm an angry driver. I'm yeah. an, I'm an, I don't no, I I think Where'd it's you more like I think my, Oh, I I scream all the time. Because you know what? The thing for me is is that that's my stress relief. I you know, I don't bottle it up. I don't I don't keep it. <laughs> this is why she hasn't gone to california for her comedy career because she doesn't want to get shot on the freeway oh you know what i've already been chased so many different times and, and people you guys i the most recent one i don't think I, I don't know if i told you guys about it it was actually about a month ago i was driving on waller road just plain old this waller road driving behind this middle-aged white man and i'm sorry jack it's always a middle-aged white man it is always a middle-aged white man and i was driving dude was driving 30 and a 35 and so i I kept kind of looking for a place to pass him because it's typically on that waller road people are usually driving about 45 50 so and this middle is 35 okay so I was looking for a place where I could pass him and I just, I came up to a point where I could pass him. So I went to go speed up and this asshole locked up his brakes. Luckily I was able to get around and pass him. And after that, he started chasing me and he was getting driving on the right side of the road on the right shoulder coming up towards like trying to get his, the front of his car, like towards my trunk. And then there was a part where we're at a stop. There was a four-way stop. I stopped. He was right behind me. He gets out of his vehicle and starts walking towards my car. Right up until I pulled my taser and my mace. And I looked out and I'm like, we're going to do this? We're going to do this? And he got right back in his car and took off. <laughs> and I was like, that's why I have a taser and mace in my car. Yeah. Because I'm going to tase, I'm going to mace your ass. And then I'm going to tase your nut so bad that you're going to fucking defecate on yourself. And I'm not going to stop until the battery runs out. And I've got like a 10,000 volt taser or more. And I'll just keep tasing your ass. I don't is that what is that like the one that uh, Romeo has that looks like brass knuckles? No, his is, is brass knuckles. Romeo is his brass knuckles. So when he hits you, it tastes you at the same time. Mine, you just got to and, and mine's, yeah. I'm not playing. Dude. You know, I, and yeah. literally when he, he saw, and because they see a female and they think that they're going to scare you or intimidate you. And, you know, yeah. you can't play these games, guys. I'm telling you, right? And right now, road rage is way up. Um, I'm telling yeah. you, there was not a couple of years ago, it was actually it happened right before we passed it. A motorist was, he was aggressively driving and there was a female on a motorcycle. And he kept just aggressively, he was chasing her. He was, he was 
trying to push her off the road. And finally she stopped. He got out of the, out of his car on the highway on I-5 and went after her and was trying to hit her. And so she pulled her gun and killed him. His wife was in the car and said, I knew he was going to die someday because he's an asshole. And he was, he was really super aggressive and she was scared. I don't blame her. He deserved to get killed. Good for her for not sticking up for that piece of shit. (laughs) And she did not get charged with a crime. She did not get charged with that crime. That's that's next level stupid. That's next level stupid. That guy. Although I don't know if that's as as next level stupid as the next topic. I think we should definitely talk about it. Was just that miniseries over on HBO Max, QAnon Into the Storm. Have has anybody else watched this other than me and Jack? Because we talked about this before we started recording. No, no, but uh, I'm very interested on your, on your, I'm very interested on your insight on this. It essentially is this guy, he, he's like interviewing these people that are, that were in charge of the message board that this, this whole like thing started on this message board and kind of like blew up from there. I don't know about Jack, but when I became aware of QAnon was when I had a friend of mine who's into, into, uh, uh, conspiracy theories talking about like their next levels crazy. They they make Scientology look like they're fucking Boy Scouts. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um, and uh, what are, you, what are and, your thoughts on it, Jack? Um. Well. Um. I've got a. I've got a friend who, or former friend, I should say. I don't talk to her anymore. Um, <laughs> who who went down that rabbit hole via the anti-vax movement, and. Uh, and, and the QAnon thing is is kind of special, crazy. Like it's not even it's not one of those things where you can go, oh well, I can see how they might. It, it's it's nuts. It's it's pedophiles in pizza parlors. It's it's yeah. It's, uh, that, that's the other thing is it started off as PizzaGate and kind of morphed mm-hmm. into QAnon. Right, and this guy uh, did this six part miniseries where. Uh, it seems like the the idea of it was to identify Q because the whole thing started with this person identifying himself as Q, saying that he had some sort of secret government Q level clearance, and uh, posting um, enigmatic things that could mean something or might not mean anything. And uh, he was doing this on 4chan and then 8chan. And so this guy, the documentarian started researching it and looking into the people who ran those sites and trying to find the identity of Q. And that's basically what the series is about. And what 4chan and Q and and 4chan and 8chan are essentially the same style of message board where everybody is anonymous. Nobody has a username that is identifiable other than the hash code or whatever the tag, whatever it's called. And that is like a, a random thing that is generated whenever you log in with your email address or whatever, but it never tells the people reading your messages who you are or where you're from. So you always knew there was, it was that person posting, but you didn't have any idea who that person was. And just to give you an idea of what uh, 4chan and 8chan are like, this is where the vast majority of like conspiracies and child pornography lays on the internet mm-hmm. right it's, and, it's, uh, it's yeah it's hate speech and child pornography and all the things that you know all the bad things of the world and then this guy starts this conspiracy theory thing of um that involved like hillary clinton and uh just this crazy stuff that just if you thought about for more than two seconds you'd realize that it wasn't real yeah. but it, 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 it legit makes the Bilderberg story like seem like eh, that's 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 Mister Rogers over there. No big deal. Yeah, well, I, like I write fiction, and I would not write this because it's not believable. Like the idea of that that many people would be obsessed with it, but they are. They're absolutely obsessed with it. They these are people who think that Donald Trump is secretly still president right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, they, they believe they believe they believe <laughs> so, oh this is this, this still is, running things yeah this is this is where it gets even funnier they believe that joe biden died last year and that 
what who we're seeing on TV is 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 a lookalike and or some other digital puppetry thing. It's a deep fake, clearly, right? And uh, <laughs> but yeah, it all. And the wow. thing is, is uh, Q is or QAnon as he's called will will post these really kind of uh, almost like a puzzle. They're they're they they're not like clear sentences. They're phrases and words in a specific pattern that don't really mean shit. But then pe- other people on these message boards look at these messages and translate them. Oh my god! Yeah, and and so wow. so and so they ignore anything that doesn't fit, and then take whatever does fit somehow, right? And go, oh well, see, obviously he was talking about this. Oh, and, and then when that doesn't happen, it's like, well, we, we clearly, you know, we're not wrong. That just didn't happen the way it was supposed to. Right. And it's, it, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it turns out by the end of it, not spoilers, everybody, but by the end of it. Oh, by all means. Yeah. By, by the end of it, he's got this guy who ran 8chan. Him and his dad wrote, ran it. Both of them are creepy as hell. Uh, yeah. And, uh, Dude, you you want to take guy a show after watching the show. Yeah, who is just kind of uh, who's just kind of a internet dork. Like he's, but he, but yeah, but he's like creepy as hell, and and he's got like like what he ends up doing is he's like, well, I'm just doing publicly what I've been doing anonymously for years, and then he was like, I meant, well, not as Q, not as Q. I didn't. I'm clearly not Q because I'm not Q. Uh, By the way, I'm not Q. By the way, I'm not Q. I'm not Q. And he's and he says so that you a say lot. he's creepy as hell. Is he as creepy as the mattress ranch sales guy owner? Have you ever way seen those, the mattress ranch here? Way, yeah, he's creepy. Oh my oh, god. Way creepy. That, and and, yeah. and the mattress ranch guy, he's rapey as hell looking. I'm telling you, I yeah. mean it's Dude, bad. okay. Just to give you an idea, Mary, uh, Marianne, this guy's look changes throughout the, each episode that he's on. Each episode he looks different than the last time we saw him. For for about an episode and a half, he had that 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 stereotypical like nineteen forties nineteen thirties bad guy mustache with the little twirly ends on it, and oh, the hair greased God. back, and he has that smile of like I'm getting away with something, but you don't know what I've done. That kind of smile. Yeah, he's wow. it, it, yeah. it was a creepy show, and it was it, oh. It, the thing was, that made me laugh the hardest about that guy, the older of the two, because they're a father and son duo. The father, he goes, the 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 interviewer asked him about this uh, website that he registered back in like the nineties. Pokeaman.com. It it was a gay porn site. It goes, Oh yeah, that website's owned by Nintendo. I don't own it anymore. And that was his full explanation. Yeah. <laughs> what? He 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 registered a website domain, Poke A Man. It's a gay porn site. Yeah. Because it uh, sounds like Pokemon, Nintendo sued him for the domain. So he 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 settled out of court by giving them that website. Okay. Well, there's money in porn, I guess. Yeah. No, it's uh yeah, but, the the yeah. series is interesting to watch though because you kind of see how things evolved from the Pizzagate thing, which if you don't know anything about Pizzagate, that's another rabbit hole you, you'll fall into that they talk about on the show. Um essentially it's it's uh all these things start off as a post on 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 4chan, and I'm almost positive all of them will start off as some sort of practical joke or stupid prank that watch these people buy into this shit this is is obviously fake if they do some research but they They won't so somebody posted a story about how this pizza place in washington dc had like a secret basement for for human trafficking of children and that like this this uh politician would like do these group emails with work colleagues about buying lunch and they translated all these emails to meaning like pepperoni pizza was young boys, blah, 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 blah. We're young girls. This right. was, this was this. And then, uh, some 
asshat for uh, either I can't remember if it was Fox or the other conservative news station goes down and live streams on on social media that he's there and in the uh, the owner of the place came over and asked him to leave because he didn't want anybody in his place to get hurt because of all the negative attention his pizza place is getting. The next day or a few days after that is when that guy shot up the pizza place. And he showed up there because oh, wow. he was going to he was going to liberate the chil- the children that were being used as sex slaves in the basement of this pizza parlor that had no basement. Right, I you know it's it's funny because I actually I know somebody who's oh my goodness um, gone down that rabbit hole. He's like he swears that the girl he's dating, the love of his life, that her son was the one that was involved in Pizzagate and he's the one that helped them crack it and and yeah and I'm like okay <laughs> and I didn't know anything about these I'm, I'm like and they start talking about a whole bunch of Q shit and I was just kind of Q and shit and I was just kind of like oh oh so you're telling me that that Tom Hanks leads out little boys and drinks their blood Tom right. Hanks, yeah, yeah. and then he's a pedophile. Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah, and 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 don't ask, don't oh. ask these, don't ask these people about uh, if they're upgrading their phone to five G or not, because then they'll give you this crazy story about how five oh, yeah. G oh, does all this Lord. other stuff. And I was like, no, yeah. dude, I actually I almost got into this discussion with Jeff the other day, my brother, and he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not doing five G because my uncle just upgraded his phone to five G and he likes it. He goes, I'm not doing 5G. I've read about that. I'm not doing that. I was like, Jeff, it's just fifth right. generation. Fifth generation. That's what 5G right. stands for. And fifth generation well, you know, like mobile internet. That's all it is. What was it that that um, the guy who was in his motor home and he blew up the motor home? Yeah, in Nashville. Remember we? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, in Nashville. And it was they said it was because he was a, he was trying to find the the five G because of that he was he was bound determined that it was evil and he had to blow it up. And, oh man, I mean, you guys, you know, twenty twenty did was a total mind fuck. It really was. Come on, guys. I mean, a lot of people that a lot of people that normally you could have maybe brought back from the the previous how do you say that precipice 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 of you know the edge you could have brought them back but 2020 just sucked them down even harder oh, because man. people wanted something weird to believe into like 2020 wasn't weird enough already you had to to go into this worship um talking about so we i was talking earlier about the bystander effect we were t- kind of discussing that and I, I i want to talk about this just made me think of of um the other t- topic we kind of wanted to talk about the elderly asian woman who was was um beat up speaking of 2020 i mean well i don't know i'm i'm at a loss for words when i think about stupid people and how they feel that for some reason like you should blame asians (laughs) for the pandemic I don't. I don't. Think and because they're an Asian, they deserve to. I. I I'm. I'm just. I. I can't connect the dots. I just can't. My mind cannot wrap around this, and I cannot connect these dots. But they beat up this poor little old lady. This and this, and again, she got beat up because she was Asian. Just because the way she looked. She's Wait, a little is, is this, is this little old, the little old lady that whooped that dude's ass? No, no that was a different Asian woman. This one, she actually got her ass handed to her. She got beat up pretty bad. Oh, and shit. it was outside of a hotel. It was outside of a hotel. And it was at New York, Jamal. Yeah. It was in New York. And the doorman watched. Like they, they went inside and closed the doors. It's not like they went inside and grabbed their cell phone and called 911, called police. Hello, police. This poor little lady's getting beat up. None of that oh shit. God. They just stood in there and watched. And I think they probably recorded it, but um yeah, yeah they didn't do a damn thing. Posted it to 4chan. Yeah. They uh so these guys, these two guys, what with everything that Marianne just said, they they were the company that owned the building uh got rid of both of these guys because they failed to act. Like when you're a doorman uh or even in security. Your job is to make sure that, you know, if there is any trouble, I mean, 
these guys could, even if they did shut the door, which I think was kind of stupid anyway, but um, they didn't dial 911. After the fact, after the, the assailant fled the scene, they went out and they, you know, I don't even dare I say help. Um, basically, you know, they, they went out there and they kind of was, uh, they, where they call the cops, which they were very late on. So, um, and not for nothing, like I was trying to see if I could find a picture of these guys, you know, cause I pictured like two big black dudes hanging out, you know, in front of the building or whatever. And they did nothing, which I, I don't know why. And I, and I talked to a bunch of my, my, my friends about this and some of them were like, you know, I probably would have reacted not knowing that I'm reacting because I see somebody being hurt and I want to help, you know, uh, you know, kind of like a superhero mentality, which I, you know, I, I get where they're coming from, but to, but to hear and see this, and there's a lot of this going on, uh, even here in, in, in New York, you know, uh, there was a guy who got arrested for verbally assaulting an Asian woman, like, you know, and then there was a guy who got arrested for attempting to attack an Asian woman, but she ended up being an undercover cop. So this guy get, gets locked up. There's a lot of that going on here. And it stems from them being blamed for the coronavirus. You know, and and again, this yeah. is and 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 again, this is not something that just started happening. This is a year going on. So yeah. Yeah. hey, Asia, so I could so dare I say. Uh, welcome to the club, guys. That's, you know, welcome to the club. You know how it feels now. Um, I, hey. Oh, come on. They, no, I, no, it's their old enough. They remember back when we had internment camps here in the States for Japanese people. Well, yeah, that, no. Yeah, I, it's full circle. It's gone full circle. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, you know, now you, I mean, you know, we're getting shot dead in the streets. So it's like, I mean, you know, so... We're getting killed. They're get, so I'm just what I'm saying is is there you see the common denominator here? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you see where I'm coming you from. You guys don't look like the right one of these out of the four doesn't look like the other three. And thank you. Thank you. The J and J both have it, beards. So like, and M and C don't. No, you know, I, I mean if we're gonna Here's the thing. It ain't people that look like me that's doing this. I'm trying to date right. Asian women. So, you know, it's, you know, hey, you know, I, I'm available. I, I, can, I can fight. I, I, have, I have used my white guy privilege many times. I've, I've, yeah. I've had a cop that was literally right on my ass while I was driving this car. And I rolled down my window and just put my arm out. Like, <laughs> look, I'm a white guy. Oh my god! <laughs> and, and the thing great. was, like, I did it as a joke to the person in the passenger seat. <laughs> I did it as a joke. Wait, wait, wait! Hold on, hold on. You said person. You meant minority in the passenger seat. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> it, yes. It, yes. Full disclosure: it was our, it, it, it was our late friend Chris Brandon. I, okay, oh fair, god! Fair enough. Fun. So okay. I was like, I was like, hey Chris, watch this. And I put my hand and I put my arm out. <laughs> Dude. And the cop backed off. Like, like whoa, he actually whoa. backed off. Like he was right on my ass. I oh, put my, my arm up, he backed off. And I'm like, Jesus. No. It was I mean, supposed yo, to be a joke. That's your green light. Keep driving. <laughs> and I'm like, nope, no, we're good yep. now. We are good. I'm Dude. <laughs> And I'm oh, like, he man. saw he saw your afro, didn't know what color I was, <laughs> and went, oh. So there's like, two afros in the car. One's bigger than the other. Right. Right. Oh, well, Jack from the back, seeing from the back, he said that he could be a black man. You know, a little bit of, of the, you just see a little bit on the top. Oh, yep, that's God. totally a black man. That's a black man right there. That 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 <laughs> is. He's so... white. <laughs> That is oh, so dude. I'm sorry. No, I'm glad. See, but here's the thing. What the reason why I'm laughing, Jack, is because you know the limit to your white privilege. You know it's a <laughs> thing. You, you're not denying that it's a thing. Right. You, you stuck your ashy ass elbows out the window and they just <laughs> backed the fuck yeah. up, man. They're like, whoa, whoa, guys, hold on. We're, just, we're almost made a mistake here. Yeah, oh, that, that and, guy's pale. 
And then Chris is your white boy passport, which worked out for him at the end of the day. No, I, the story has everything. <laughs> I love it. it. No, I love itself. it. Yeah, I love this story. No, it's, you know, God forbid. <laughs> no, because it's like, no, I, I'm glad you shared that because people don't think that that exists. No, it's real. You know, and it's oh, like, and, and, and again, I, I, my thing is, hey, it's a thing, but I'm not saying don't. I just want you to just take comfort that you have that. Acknowledge mm -hmm. that you have it. Right. That's all I ask. Don't, don't pretend don't you like, don't. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, everybody knows, everybody has that one friend who's like, what, what, what? When, when you tell them about like some <laughs> person of color who got pulled over and killed. No, that never yeah. happened. What are you talking uh, about? Oh, yeah. That is oh, well, he, he was, was resisting. What was he, he was, doing? Yeah. You, Jack, you could resist the rest and get away with it. That's what I, that's where oh, the envy let, comes in. Let, let me, I can tell you a story about that. <laughs> I can too, uh, actually. I was, uh, You're I listening. Was, I have been arrested exactly one time. Uh, I had a loud argument with my girlfriend. Some neighbor called the cops. Uh, I was literally in the passenger seat of my friend's car because I called him and said, Hey, my girlfriend just flipped the hell out on me. Let's go get a beer. And so I was in the passenger seat of a running car and about to leave when I saw a cop knock on my door, my apartment door. And I went, oh, neighbors probably called. It's no big deal. I'll go talk to them. Because I'm white enough to think that's what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> like, like, I think, uh, no, I'll just talk to them. It'll be fine. And, and, oh yeah, and no, no problem. Right, and, and I'll let them know. No, no, no one's hurt. Everything's fine. Everything's good. Good. Keep on keeping on. And then, as soon as I introduced myself, they put the handcuffs on me, and I was freaked the hell out because I'm like, that's not how this is supposed to. Be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I was yeah. literally in a car across the street. I was like, and I said that I was like, I was in a car that you people weren't even looking at. Across yeah. the street. I came to you. Introduce you. <laughs> yeah. I introduced see, myself. See, you, like, you should have got in touch with your inner hood. You should have got in touch with your inner hood. Because you're white, you didn't right. think I that. Said, I know. I, I have the same story. I have a similar story. I have oh, a similar yeah. story. Yeah, I got, you know, and, and so my white said, ass didn't think so either. But you should have said, I did was, you should have hmm. said, I'm reaching for my white privilege card. Right. Hold on. <laughs> right. Hold on. So, Jamal, Jamal was... that's, that's not a white privilege card. That's a Costco membership. Oh, <laughs> I stand so, corrected. Yeah, I, uh, what, so as soon as they put the handcuffs on me, I started mouthing off because I was mad. And I yeah. said things that would have got me killed <laughs> if yeah. I weren't so white. I mean, I was... Yeah. I, like the, like the cop, I said, how long have you been on the force? And he said, 13 years. And I said, 13 years and you're still a beat cop answering domestics? Whose fucking nephew are you? <laughs> <laughs> like, like I went off and, 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 and you know, they were. Whose nephew are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like I told them that there's a, there's an old Pierce County Sheriff joke that is a joke that, uh, the Pierce County Sheriff will say about Tacoma. They're, they're like, if you ever get shot in Tacoma, crawl your ass out of the city limits so Pierce County Sheriff can solve your homicide. <laughs> Dude. But that was back then. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure what the clearance rates are anymore. I don't know if they can brag that way anymore. But but yeah, but it was it was one of those situations where I was literally daring them to do something. <laughs> And so they the, didn't. The, the they last didn't. time, all they did was drive me to the the jail, and you know, fingerprints you and all that stuff. That is so fucking funny. The last time I got pulled over for anything, I was literally driving a piece of shit car through a nice neighborhood. I got pulled over in that same spot three times in one week. Wow. Same cop? Uh, no, different cops each time. And the okay. second time I got pulled over, and the third time I got pulled over, I was angry. I was like, I was like, do you guys not share notes? <laughs> I got pulled over twice already this week in this same area. Is it because I have a piece of shit car? 
that I'm getting pulled over in yeah. Kirkland? Yes. Oh, you yeah. Know? yeah. Hello. You know, Hello. oh, no, no, we, we noticed that, you know, one of your lights is not functioning properly. No, I'm sure it is. And you know what I told the first officer? I know. I just started a job. When I get paid, that will get fixed. Seriously, do you guys not share notes? Hey, you know, I pulled over this white guy in this piece of shit car in a nice part of town. He's going to get the light fixed, you know, when he gets paid. Yeah, I'll leave him alone. No, they don't do that kind of shit. No. No, they don't. No. They, they should, don't. damn it. <laughs> oh my god. That's too much work. Are you kidding? They'd have to actually write down a report or something. Wow. Wow. Well, guys, this has been a, a actually this Jack, you were great. You were have been great. I'm really Thank you. impressed to having you on. I definitely want to have you come on again. Because okay. this has been a lot of fun. Uh, tell I'm us some to. more. Tell so uh, obviously with the one where you're writing about homicides, you don't know necessarily how often you're going to be writing a story on that one. But right. um, and you're also kind of far behind on that one. But tell us about your other writing. Okay, sure. Um, I have a. Um, I have the next thing that's going to be in Grit City Magazine, which uh, is gritcitymag.com. Uh, they do online stuff. They also do really uh, beautiful, their magazines are these oversized things that are works of art. They're amazing. But um, the uh, I've always said, anytime I get something in there, it's the best my writing will ever look because their graphic mm. design is amazing. But, but um, the next thing from them that uh, I'm doing is an interview with um, the authors of a book called Becoming Nisei. It's a book, I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, it's a book about uh, the Japanese community in Tacoma from the 1890s to 1942 when they were uh, put in internment camps. And wow. uh, it's, it's an incredible book. It's really well done. It's really accessible. It doesn't feel like super academic. But it's also, as a lifelong Tacoman, it was really fun to read about like these streets and places that I know and this community that I didn't know existed that was utterly destroyed like none of those buildings existed anymore. um but uh they but they and they the people who did this um that that, that wrote the book uh they're a couple of University of Washington professors and they uh in 2004 there was a uh, the, the the school the Japanese language school which was kind of the cultural center for them uh, that building was torn down and these two professors decided to do some research and talk to survivors from that community which wasn't easy because these people were their community was scattered and uh, it and uh, and they're aging because you know it was seventy years ago. But uh, it's really fascinating book, and they're really fascinating people. So I'm looking forward to that being out. I'm not sure when it's being published yet. Uh, I know that Grit City Mag was having some trouble with their website, but I think that trouble's passed. So it's probably going to show up in the next week or two. Um, I'm, and as I mentioned, I'm going to Goddard, and right now I'm working on a uh, novel that takes place in the 40s. That's uh, fact-based. It's it's still fiction, but it's uh, based on some true things that happened here in the 1940s. And um, I also have another novel that right now I'm shopping around to publishers. So um, that's what's going on with me. Um, I actually, I love the fact, I love the, the fiction with the facts inside of it, because mm -hmm. if you get to learn some of the, especially if it has like history. To me, right. history, I always hated history in school. Because mm. it was so dry and so boring. Right. It makes me so mad. Like real history. Like I know my life is very rich and I have crazy stories and I have all those amazing things. How can you not tell me, if you want me to know history, tell me history from a, a story pr perspective well, where I get was... to get to know somebody. But I, I can, if you tell me all the, put all those facts, layer the facts into a story, I'll remember all my history and I'll be able yeah. to tell you, you know, recite all of it. Well, that was that was kind of my approach on this was that I found out about this story that happened in uh, between 1947 and 1953. Uh, 
uh, it was called the Tacoma Vigilantes. It was this group mm -hmm. of cops that um, they were, uh, all of them were, they had recently returned from World War II. They show up in a town that is absolutely corrupt. Every time they try to raid an illegal club, that club is shut down because the bosses have already told that club to shut down for the night. Um, every time they do anything that they tell their bosses about, their bosses are one step ahead of them because they're, they're being paid off. And so this group of cops, uh, this group of Tacoma cops decided to raid these places without telling their bosses where they're going. And uh, this ultimately leads to them getting fired. And still, even after they got fired, they were doing these raids. And, wow. um, it, and it became a big deal. It became newsworthy. And so uh, ultimately, spoiler, they get their jobs back. But I wanted to tell that story. And there's no good way to tell that story. Uh, it, like you can tell it in a nonfiction setting, but like you mentioned, it's going to be kind of dry. Like the way I just did. It's, right. it's kind of dry. I really wanted to get into the heads of these characters. And the only way I can do that is to have them be characters where that way right. somebody isn't saying, well, my great grandfather wasn't like that. And it's like, well, that's fine. This is a novel. Um, I'm not, based I'm not based. Yeah. I'm not basing anybody on any one person there. Usually they are uh, amalgams of multiple people. And even then I don't know that much about the individual people. I just know what happened because I've done the research and then I'm finding ways to fix that, you know, to, to, to fix it into a narrative that works. And um, it's right. been a blast doing that. I'm really enjoying doing that. Um, and I've got at least a few more months of writing on it. That's a definitely a lot of work. Yeah. When, especially when you're doing something where you have to research all the history and all the facts very labor intensive but yeah it was definitely. well when i when i started my master's program at goddard um when you apply you have to tell them what you want to work on and i just looked at my list of potential projects and chose the hardest one i was like which, oh, wow. which is the one where <laughs> i where i'm going to need help and um and i don't think i was wrong i think all my other ideas are easier than this one but um, wow. but i'm enjoying it and um and I'm also excited for the novel that I'm shopping around. I've gotten a couple of feelers there. And uh, if that one gets published, I'll probably reach out to Jamal and say, hey, can I get on the podcast and talk about it? Yes. Yes, yes absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And then not only that, Jack, we'll put you on other podcasts too. We'll we'll hit up all of our friends to do podcasts and have you get, be guests. Like Cousin I John, he does... He does his own podcast called the 206 Geek. And yep. so he'll he'll do a separate one where he'll have you on with him. You talk about sure. geeky cool, stuff, cool. like and QM. Yeah. Yeah. Well network. Absolutely. Yeah, man. So, yeah, well, well, this has been fun. Yeah. Well, I've appreciated you coming and, and spending all the time with guys. Our time always seems to fly by so fast because it's just it's always something interesting, something new and something different. But yeah. um uh, uh, Jack, again, it was uh, great having you. We're definitely going to have you back on. Um, cool. we, po we posted up uh, your TacomaStories.com on our It's mm -hmm. Not About You uh, webpage, uh, along with your Grid City Mag uh, credit. Uh, Jack, it was great having you on. Um, if anything, we will definitely see you soon. Uh, to our listeners who well, have been listening. Real quick, I want to ask Jack, are you going to, we talked about Chris Brannon, are you going to go to Jack, uh, Chris Brannon's funeral on July 17th? That's July 17th, and uh, the yes. I, I actually have yeah. a scheduling conflict, maybe. Um, the the uh -huh. residency at my God, the residency at my master's program starts on the 16th. And uh, so I'm going to be understood. in Port Townsend, hopefully, but the last two semesters have been entirely virtual and they haven't announced. So if it's virtual, then basically one of these things I'm attending virtually. If the school's virtual, then I'll be there in person for the funeral. And if the school's in person, then I'll be there virtually for the funeral. I, I, I'm sorry to me to interrupt, but he his uh his funeral is on July 17th. Yeah. Yes. 
Okay. Yeah, his that... sister is putting it together. Oh, wow. I mean, I, I just, that's, I mean, the reason why I'm surprised is because that's just so far, far off, far ahead. Yeah. Um, I but, don't know what that's about, but. And, and I'm actually trying to look at my schedule right now. That's my birthday, believe it or not. So oh, um, I'm actually, yeah. But however, with that be with that being said, um, because I, I I I do want to go to his uh, funeral, and um, coincidentally, I but it's, it's going to be his memorial, yeah. Well, so is it going to be like a live event, or is it just going to be something that's going to be? Streamed? Yes, no, it's a live event, and they're going to do it virtually as well. So if you're not in the Seattle area, if you're not going to be able to go to Seattle to see it, then um, it'll be there. But otherwise, um, and I'll get more information on everything so that we can get it posted on the on our site. <clears throat> but it is his sister reached to out to me to let me know. Um, and I shared it on my page as well. And um, let me, uh, I, will, Jamal, I will go in here. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm gonna, good. I'm I was going to say, yeah, we'll, we'll go in there and find it. I'm gonna attend a funeral. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll go because uh, yeah. I'm, I'm oh, supposed. Oh, um, and um, I don't know who's local here, uh, but the Hilltop Action Journal has uh, the Hilltop Action Journal published the uh, article I wrote about Chris Brandon for Grit City. So, if you want a hard copy of that article, it's available in the latest Hilltop Action Journal, which nice. you can get at businesses all over Hilltop. Okay. Okay, I do want a, a copy of that. If nothing else, I'd also like to get a copy of that and send it to his sister. So. Okay. Yeah, I'll okay. Uh, I'll make it. Yeah. I'll make it. I'll make it to that funeral. So, okay. Um. Yeah. Right. This, this was great, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. And um, like uh, Marianne always says, take care of each other. Bye now. <laughs>